Hey guys, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's at work in our mess. I'm your host, Jen, and today you are listening to episode number 26 with Tina Letourneau. But before we dive into that conversation, I want to remind you or possibly tell you for the first time if you missed the last episode that The Messy Table now has a seven-day Bible plan for women ready and available for you on the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. You can get it on your phone. And each day contains inspiring stories written by women who have already been on this podcast, as well as powerful scriptures, table questions for discussion. And there's even a talk it over feature where you can do this plan with a friend or a group of friends, coworkers, other women, other moms. You can chat about what God's showing you and doing in your own heart within the plan all on your own time. So a massive thank you to my church, Life Church, and the YouVersion team for creating such an impactful tool to help us all more easily engage in the timeless truths of the Bible. And speaking of the Bible, sometimes I have something on my heart to share here at the beginning, and sometimes I just need to shut my mouth and let God do the talking. So today we're going to kick off reading from 2 Corinthians 4, 6-10, and 16-18. through God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. My good friend Tina Letourneau and her sweet family have been in the face of suffering over the past several years as her husband Charlie has weathered through severe health issues, but they have not given up. Tina is a mom, pastor's wife, and follower of Christ. She's incredibly honorary as well as one of the most servant-hearted people I know. She reminds us today that regardless of what we face, regardless of what you're facing right now, through Christ we can win the day. By His strength we can keep going. Well, this makes me so happy. I am thrilled to have you here with me at my very own messy table in my very own kitchen. So hi, Tina. Hi, Jen. Well, first, tell us about you. Give everyone a peek behind the curtain and let them in on who you are. Okay. Well, um, as Jen said, my name is Tina Letourneau. And I've been married to Charlie for 19 and a half years now. The half matters. It does. When we're getting ready to enter that 2-0, I mean, I've lived with this man for longer than I lived with my parents. Um, and we have a 16-year-old daughter, Bethany, and she's a junior. And she's amazing. Uh, she is. Shout out to Bethany. We love you. Yeah, she's she's a great kid. And um, I was raised in Missouri on um, Lake of the Ozarks, for any of you that know where that is. I was not a follower of Christ. Um, I knew who God was in terms of we believe in God, but don't talk about it. Um, we celebrated the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Yeah. And um, Charlie was raised in the Methodist church, but he didn't know what it was to have a relationship with Christ. So when we entered our marriage together, it was, oh, yeah, God, but then what? <laughs> so we made a ton of mistakes our first I would say eight years of marriage. It was pretty interesting. (laughs) 
<laughs> our first eight years. Yeah. So needless to say, I made a ton of mistakes when I was a kid and I learned from a lot of those mistakes. And thankfully I was able, I call it breaking the chains. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my past and the things that I seeked a life and fulfillment from, which was boys and alcohol and just things that didn't fulfill me at all. Mm-hmm. And um, then I realized that once um, I started to have a relationship with Christ, that that filled that. And it was just, I feel, I just want to go hug that little girl mm-hmm. and say, there's more. Um, I've come a long ways. Now I'm a pastor's wife. Look at you. Any of my friends that knew me in high school that may like listen to this someday are going to be like, I knew the Tina Letourneau at Party Co. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of a little bit of me in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Well, Derek and I like to talk about how we loved you first. Oh, yes. And you didn't love us at first. So back when we launched the Life Church Broken Arrow campus six years ago, we were on staff with the lovely Laternos. So Derek was the campus pastor and Charlie was our life group life missions. What was his title? Associate CP, something like that. (laughs) Clueless.com is where we were. We were finally, we went to a church in Springfield, Missouri that just filled us up and showed us what it was like to have a relationship with Christ. But we were just like on fire and we didn't know what to do with it. And so our next step was to apply at some churches because Charlie felt called to ministry and I did too. And so we owned a um, contract cleaning company at the time and he just submitted a resume to Life Church. And good grief, six months later, we were moving. <laughs> Well, how was he introduced? Did, what, didn't he listen to Craig's podcast or something? He listened to his uh, messages mm-hmm. uh, while he worked out. And our church would do some different things that Life Church did, like they mirrored a lot of it and things like that. And so we were kind of introduced in that way. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to the interview event and we met you for the first time, mm, that's right. we were like petrified. In fact, our first night there, because it's a three-day interview back when we did it, Charlie was packing his suitcase up to leave. I know. So we're sitting with you at a table, and Derek's basically in love with Charlie. <laughs> Thanks. He's the best thing in the whole world. And we just adore you guys. And lo and behold, you happen to be packing your suitcase because he was. you weren't impressed. <laughs> I wasn't. I was like, God has called us here for a reason. But he was like, he got his suitcase up on the bed and he was like, we're going home. This isn't for us. And I'm like, excuse you. God wouldn't have called us here. I was like, fine woman. And so we stayed. And by the end, we not only fell in love with Life Church, you gave us the grace of three days to fall in love with you guys. <laughs> and here we are now. And I just took still, us five minutes. It took you three days. Oh, it's just, man, when you're so lost, it just, and you just don't think you get around all these amazing people and you're like, I can't be like them. And so now we're here and we realize that God is using us and all of our dysfunction to reach so <laughs> many people. And that's what I love. I'm like, if I can take my past and what we've been through and all of our junk, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's used for something. We all have issues. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so you referenced that you didn't become a Christian until later in life. What was it that changed that for you? The first time I really felt like a panic, almost like I needed that, was when I was pregnant with Bethany. So I got baptized when I was eight months pregnant, 200 pounds, and I'm five foot nothing. Like, I'm not even five foot. I'm tiny. And, well, I used to be tiny. But anyway, 
I didn't even know at the time how much more I was going to grow, but I just knew at that moment, I'm going to give my life over to Christ. I am not going to live in this emptiness anymore. Mm. So that's when it all kind of started. And for all of us, it starts as that simple Mm -hmm. decision of just saying, God, take my life. I surrender it to you. And then from there, it's amazing how much he really, you know, looking back, it's not anything that we've done, but you can look back and see he really has grown me. Oh man, a lot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot, a lot. Very thankful for that. So you're like a cat. You've lived many lives. I know you've (laughs) gone through a lot. So what are some different things that you've faced in your years? Um, It's kind of, well, it's not funny, but it's funny. In my early thirties, I'm 44 now. I had a mild heart attack and it sent me to the Mayo Clinic and two year process of going to doctors, not knowing what's wrong with me and many, many emergency room visits. Uh, They found a hole in my heart. And back then it wasn't very common to close holes in your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And they ended up finally closing that hole and I felt like brand new. I'd been born with it and it was a half inch wide. So I was never getting clean blood to my brain Mm. um, because my lungs were filtering dirty blood the whole time because it was never going through the right filter process. So it took another year for my body to readjust to having that fixed. And I got healthy again and we had Bethany. She was two at the time when all this happened. So that was super crazy. So after I had the heart attack and I had that fixed is kind of when a lot of things started happening to me, like physically. And I've learned through the trials that I've had in the last 14 years that Satan really likes to hit my family with health because he knows that's where he can get us. And so I was finally given clearance to have another child. And so the second time we tried, I got pregnant and I miscarried nine weeks later. And we tried for six more years. And we even did some fertility, um, and it made me crazy. <laughs> it just like so many people just react so differently. Oh yeah. And so after six years of, I, I could buy a house with the amount of pregnancy tests and ovulation kits and tears that we shed over that time. I finally said, uncle, when I realized that I was going to have a kindergartner and a senior at the same time, yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that, but just with the busy lifestyle that we had with Charlie was a workaholic at the time. It was just too much. Mm -hmm. And so we finally just said, we're done. Mm -hmm. And we hung that up. And I know now why. I mean, it was so painful at the time. And I'm so thankful that we have Bethany. And every first is also every last for us. Mm -hmm. And that's just so special. And we don't ever go a day without thanking God for that blessing. Mm Then when we moved here, it was just like a new like life for us mm-hmm. and a door had been opened for us. And we even before we came, as I mentioned before, um, Charlie was a workaholic with his business that he owned and I was a stay at home mom and we were just kind of living that lifestyle and I was having fun and he was working. And, and when we were called to ministry, we got together and we said, you know what? I don't like this. I don't like not spending life with you. I don't like basically living separate lives. Yes. I want to do life together. So if we're going to do this, we're going to do it different. And so we made that vow when we moved here. And so the people that know us here, it's funny because we live completely different now than we did back then. Um, Not that, you know, we did bad things. It's just, we didn't really do life together very much. Mm -hmm. 
the first year and a half here was amazing. I couldn't believe that we got to do life together and we were on a campus together and our church family. I mean, it was like a fairy tale. I knew this part was going to be hard. So a year and a half in, my husband got very ill. And that is a whole nother story in itself. But in a long story short, he was put on disability. Um, He pretty much couldn't even get out of bed every day. He was throwing up a lot. The room was spinning. And we we didn't know what was wrong with him. And he was actually in the hospital for two weeks with a kidney was failing. And we didn't really understand because it was like two totally different issues. They were totally separate, which confused all the doctors. Kidney failure and blood clot. But then also this random dizziness, throwing up, imbalance, lights, Mm -hmm. weird, weird stuff. Very strange. And so we ended up going to the Mayo Clinic, found a few answers, ended up going through physical therapy. A year and a half later, he is walking without a cane again. And so that was quite a transition to go from my husband who conquers the world to watching a man can barely walk with a cane. And- I know how bad this was, but someone who might not know you guys doesn't know just how bad it was. So give us the picture of what your daily life looked like for how long? Off and on again for three and a half years. And it was uh, more on than off. (laughs) Let's just say that. I work um, at a place called Fortune Cookie Soap. They're amazing people who give me the flexibility If I needed to be home with him, I could be home with him. And if I could work, I could work. So it was great. But Charlie wanted us to live our life. That's just Charlie. If you know Charlie, he doesn't want you to stop for him. So I would go to work in the morning typically. And when I would come home, I knew it was a great day if I found him on the recliner. And I knew it was a bad day if he couldn't even make it out of bed that day. And so his whole day was spent... His whole day, which he learned through therapy, was spent on a focal point. Mm -hmm. So he'd find a focal point in the room he was in, and he would focus on it, and he would listen to the YouVersion Bible app. And if you don't have that, download it now. It's pretty much what saved his life. Like, that's what he did every day. That's all he could do. Mm -hmm. And on good days, he would journal, and on great days, he'd be down on the recliner to greet us when we came home. What was his diagnosis? We don't have like 100% this is what happened to him. It's a combination of he has ataxia, which is a nerve disorder, um, hereditary, and his grandfather had it. And he also had a lot of concussions growing up. And it's just kind of coming out now. Mm. And so when you hear all the stories about these football players and these concussions and what they're going through, my husband's pretty much going through the same thing. Mm. Uh, So he got well again and he was working again and doing great. And he had another episode that sent him for a loop again and he got put on disability again. Mm. And so we have a friend who told us about an amazing doctor in Albuquerque, New Mexico called Dr. Howe. He is a scalp acupuncturist. And the easiest way to explain it is if you were to go see a neurologist, this is who you would go to if you wanted to seek a different type of care. We were just at a loss. We didn't know what to do. Pretty desperate. We were very desperate because he was back to ground zero again. After finally recovering ground zero again, 
three years later, and you're touching on the high points, but there, there were tons of hospital visits and doctor's visits and trying different medications and yeah. rehab and all kinds of things. So, And a 16, well, at the time this all started, she was 12, a 12-year-old little girl that we're trying to raise in the midst of all this who's very active. Mm-hmm. So we went to see him, and it was so amazing. By the second treatment, I had my husband back. I mean, we went from, I had to drug him to drive the 10 hours to get him there to where the second treatment, he was driving and like wanted to go for a hike. I know you guys said that you would think it was a scam if you hadn't experienced it yourself. Yeah. And we videoed it because I didn't believe it. And so on his YouTube site, which is underneath Charlie Laterno, if anybody wants to look at it, and we did our story and we started before we started treatments because we knew that no one would believe us if they couldn't see his face and his eyes. It was mainly his eyes. You can see it in his eyes. And it was so cool because by the fifth treatment, we did go for a hike up in the mountains, up in Albuquerque. I mean, he, he hadn't been able to do that. Mm-hmm. In years. One way you explained it to me is that it gets your neurons talking to each other again. It gets your brain talking to your body again. Is that kind of how you would describe it? Yes, and that's with these concussions. He explained that his side lobes of his brains weren't talking with the back lobe of his brain like it should. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm just going to wake it up. And we're like, what? And that's what he told us the first day. He's like, I'm just going to wake it up. Mm -hmm. And this man is a Christian, right? Yes. And he is from China, and that's where he learned his trade. And he right now is training 70 people across the United States so this trade does not die with him. So cool. Yeah, so he brought it over here to our country to help us because we need, you know, there's a lot of people who need help. And he helps soldiers with Mm -hmm. that phantom pain. He helps, oh, so many amazing, amazing things. Well, we know that God is the author of all wisdom, but he uses people and he uses doctors and, you know, he Mm -hmm. uses so many things. I mean, obviously he can work miracles out of the blue, but he also uses people and all kinds of avenues to bring healing to people because he designed the body. Yeah, it was really cool. And I'm not going to say that it it still isn't a pretty picture. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, Dr. Howe healed my husband that first initial time, but we've been back like four times. Mm -hmm. uh, Because there's still an ongoing issue going on. Yeah. He did say because of my husband's concussion issue from his past uh, that he would probably have to have treatments throughout life, like not all the time, but he said that he would be able to have a very life-giving, productive life, Mm -hmm. but he would have to do his part too. So he needs to get lots of rest. He needs to eat right and do lots of things that a lot of people don't know or understand because when you meet my husband, you think he's just normal like everybody else. But what they don't know is it it takes him 10 times more energy to have just even like this conversation than it does anybody else. Mm-hmm. So when he comes home from a day of work, he's t- like, he's not just your tired, like you're tired. It's a different type of tired. And Charlie's one of the most encouraging, best at developing people, seeing (laughs) things in people. If you know Charlie, you know that he is a special guy. And so the fact that something that used to come so easy to him suddenly, and even, even now still is laboring and it's not as simple as we would like it to be. No, it definitely is not. And I'm so thankful that he's able to do what he's doing because God is working through him in such an amazing way mm. right now through his job that he currently has with Life Church. 
So when we first started with Life Church, we were on a campus. And because of all these health issues that he's been dealing with, we can no longer be on a campus because one of the biggest triggers that he has is lights. And there's lots of lights on stage and things like that. So he was the campus pastor at the Broken Arrow campus whenever he got sick. So we had to step down from that role. And so he's currently working at Central for the learning team. And God is doing so many amazing things through him in this. And we miss the campus life so much because it's such a special thing. But I know God designed everything for a reason, and everything he went through is for what he's doing right now, and it's going to be life-changing for a lot of people. So Charlie's mantra through this whole thing has pretty much been win the day, and that's become yours, that's become (laughs) Bethany's. That's how you made it through. And so I want you to talk more about that in a second and and how you did get through every single day, because I think... We all face difficult things in life. It might not be as intense and severe as what you are right now, but we all face the trial of just, God, how do I even make it through the day, through the week, um, let alone till next year? So I want to read this. This is something that Charlie wrote for our church, Life Church. It's on the finds.lifechurch page. In the last three years of my journey, I've faced significant challenges with my physical health. Kidney failure due to a blood clot, post-concussion syndrome, ataxia, debilitating migraines, partial and sometimes total vision loss, lack of balance, dizziness, constant nausea, chronic fatigue, memory loss, slurred speech, or at times the inability to speak. Those are just the highlights. Many, including myself on difficult days, would say I've lost so much during this time. And I have. I lost my ability to do the job God called me to do in ministry. My ability to be the husband, father, family member, and friend I'm supposed to be, and more. But today, let me share with you what has sustained us. It has guided us. It has encouraged us. It's actually very simple. The secret to winning at life, no matter what it throws at you, is just to win the day. That's it. Nothing fancy. Just win the day. When I first faced these physical challenges, it was overwhelming. I spent time with God each day reading His Word, listening to His voice, talking to Him, writing about Him, and just worshiping in His presence. But even after that, I still felt overwhelmed. I was angry. I felt weak and useless. I had to figure out a way to make it, physically and mentally. So there I was, day after day, week after week, lying on our bathroom floor with my cool pillow, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't stop throwing up. The migraine pain was to the point where I just wanted life itself to end. The world would not stop spinning. I had no balance and couldn't stand up. This was my life every day after physical therapy, hour after hour. The only thing I could do at that point was listen to God's word on my YouVersion Bible app and lie there. In that place, something amazing happened. And then he goes on to talk about just how God showed him how to win the day, that he'll never leave him. He'll never give up on him that He's forgiven you for yesterday, taken care of tomorrow, um, taught us to love God, love people, and just focus on today. Focus on what you can do. That was it. Just focus on today. That's all I had to do. Win the day. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. I didn't need to focus on making it through a week, a month, or a year. I didn't need to worry about what was going to happen in my family, fulfilling our calling in ministry, or anything else. I just needed to win the day, survive and advance. And that became my mantra. Yeah, it's what got us through the last three years. The fact that he didn't give up is what sustained our family. And there's so many people out there that want to give up. Right. And if you want to give up on yourself, that's different. But he didn't give up because of Bethany and I. Mm -hmm. And that took a lot of courage 
And he wouldn't be here today if he would have given up. There's no way, um, not what he was going through. So I am forever grateful that he won every day because each day that he won, I won Mm -hmm. and Bethany won. Mm -hmm. And that example, what that kid has seen in that example is priceless. Mm -hmm. She never gives up. Her work ethic is so amazing and just her passion for Christ and that she wants to just do everything for him. And I know it's because of, it's not what Charlie or I have ever said. It's what she's witnessed. Mm -hmm. Well, you guys have been an example to so many people. You know, no one wants to suffer. (laughs) No. Nobody. But we hear about, obviously, Jesus' suffering, the disciples suffered, and just so many Christians throughout history have dealt with suffering. Maybe it was because of their faith, or maybe it was like, you guys, a health issue, or um, there's lots of different suffering in the world, and it's not the most exciting thing to talk about, but I know that growth does happen in the trenches of life. So do you have a new empathy for those who are really struggling in the middle of hard, hard situations? Oh, yes. Um, I am one of these people that love to make other people's life easier, Mm -hmm. and I like to be helpful. Right. And so when Charlie was sick, I was in my prime. I mean, I I knew what to do. I mean, I could serve all day long, help him. And we talked about this before. It was after he was healed and he didn't need me anymore that I became depressed. And I know that sounds very selfish because it's like, you don't want your husband to be healed? Yes, I was thrilled to death, but I wasn't needed anymore. So I felt lost and I also was uh, mourning the lost three years that we had, you know, just existing. Cause we had to pull completely out. We didn't have a, we couldn't have a social life. We couldn't even necessarily have people over, uh, because it was just, it's so hard, um, on our family, not at the time it's the after effect. And so that's something that we're still working through today. It's not perfect. And we're still trying to figure it out. We're still trying to figure out how to have a marriage and grow as a couple without your traditional, let's go bowling, let's go to the movies, let's go out to eat and do all those date night things. We can do those things, but it doesn't necessarily mean we should. It's taxing. Yes, it's very taxing. And so I love having fun. If anybody knows me, I'm always game for anything. But I just, you know, I know God put me with him for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I am loving figuring this out with him. We had a pretty hysterical, crying, emotional conversation yesterday, just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I have a husband who wants to figure it out with me. He wants to figure it out, yeah. And he isn't trying to push me away and say, you know, he's like, no, we're in this together. Well, I think perseverance is what I think of when I think of you guys. And when I think of you, one thing that jumps out of me is just your passion to love your family, no matter what kind of sacrifice you have to make no matter what it means for you, walking through life with you through all this. I'm telling you, it's inspiring to me to just watch how you've served your family, have loved your family, have laid down your own desires and life. And and again, you are, you're fun, Tina. You have all (laughs) kinds of ideas. And just to watch you say, you know what? Yes, those things matter to me, but this matters more. I mean, I can't even really begin to tell you what that's done inside of me. So thank you. Well, thank you. It's it's not easy, but it's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And I know that God's working through us, and that's why I'm here today. You know, I mean, I'll do. I do it all over again. I wouldn't want to do it all over again, but I would. 
Because if I can just help one person take that step to stand by your spouse, to not give up, to just you know, go get the help when you need it. That's another thing that I've done over the course of the last seven years. I got really depressed. It was before I moved here and I couldn't figure out why. And my husband finally came to me and said, Tina, you've got to go see a counselor. And so I went and we found out um, two things. I was sun deprived. I Sun deprived? Yeah. <laughs> I was sun deprived. Needed I was your vitamin lacking, D. I was lacking vitamin D. And I had stuffed so much under the rug that I wasn't facing everyday life. Mm -hmm. Because I had so much under the rug from my past, I couldn't successfully conquer each day. And so I was so thankful for that vitamin D deficiency because I would have never gone to counseling without it. Mm -hmm. And so through that, I got, I now take vitamin D every day. Um, And (laughs) I get vitamin D deficient in February every year. February is so rough. I'm like, let's move to the beach. (laughs) Oh, it's so depressing. I just, I need the sun and I hate the cold. So getting out in the sun when it's cold, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. But it led you to counseling. It did. It led me to counseling. And it's really, I, I think one of the things I really want anybody listening to know is I look at counseling like going to school. Mm-hmm. I'm learning about myself. If you think that you're crazy or that you have a past that nobody else has had or that your counselor hasn't heard, it's just, no, don't go there because It's just like you're going back to school to learn how to successfully maneuver yourself through the future with tools so that way when triggers come up, you know how to deal with them. And triggers are going to come up. Your past will never not be your past, but you can choose your future. And so now when I have triggers or I feel myself getting depressed or I I have tools that help me get out of those. And if I find myself not getting out of them, I have someone I can go talk to again. You know, we're all in process. And so one thing I love about you is that you're never hiding who you are. And so you're constantly saying, you know, we're still in process right now, but I'm going to talk about it. And here's what God's taught me. And here, here's what I'm learning right now. And here's where we're going. You know, same with counseling. There is no shame in that game. You know, even if you're not having trouble, almost like a checkup or school, like you're saying, we all want to better ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with going and getting some third-party assistance. Oh, no. I highly recommend it. It's just like getting your oil changed in your car. If you don't get your oil changed in your car, it's going to die on the side of the road. And that's what I was literally happening to me, is if I wouldn't have had all those things in place during the trials of Charlie's health issues, I really don't know how I would have successfully been able to help him in the way that I did. Mm -hmm. So I'm very thankful for that. So right now today, I know we've talked about how things are kind of back to normal. He's working, (laughs) he's doing well, Mm -hmm. but it's not a hundred percent the way it was before. You're, you're writing a new chapter basically. Mm -hmm. And so how are you winning the day right now? Kind of in this in between time. Yeah, I think we definitely believe that God can completely 100% heal him and you know, he could be back on a campus tomorrow. Like we have that faith, but we also have to be realistic and not just stare at that. Well, it might not be God's will for you. I mean, we just don't know. And I don't think it is. I mean, I'm completely 100% confident that what my husband's doing right now is exactly where God wants us. And we are trying to figure out how to, how to have a successful marriage and raise a teenager with a disability. 
in our home. And that word is so hard to say, but it's real. It's, it's our life and that's okay. It doesn't define us. And I'm thankful that we are in the chapter that we're in because we're going to be able to help so many people through that. Mm -hmm. And that your life isn't what you see on Netflix and the, (laughs) you know, you get married and you live this fairy tale dream and you take these trips to Mexico. I mean, the chances of us getting on a plane anywhere with the type of vertigo issues that we've had, I mean, that's not realistic, you know, and that's okay. And we're trying to figure it out and we're, Darn it, we're doing pretty darn good. That's right, you are. Well, I love something else that Charlie said in the article was make a decision to embrace the pain or the struggle. Don't endure it, embrace it. Tell your enemy he picked the wrong person because you've embraced the opportunity to show how strong Christ is. And he talks about changing his mindset. And I've seen you both do that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And yesterday it was so... I'm so glad I had that conversation with him yesterday because Satan wants us to not verbalize what's eating us up inside. And I have a tendency to not want to tell him when I'm hurting because I feel like he's dealing with enough. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is what Satan wants. He wants to tear us apart. Isolate us, get us alone. So just voice it, get it over with. If it's painful, so what? We'll figure it out. And we had an amazing conversation that was really hard to initially start, but we're stronger for it today. And I feel closer to him. And it's so neat that we're willing to make those hard conversations happen when you don't want to. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. And many people listening right now might know there is a hard conversation in my future that I need to have. And it's going to be so worth it and so helpful, but you have to push through that wall Mm -hmm. and actually do it. Yeah. When it's over, you're like, why didn't I do this sooner? Right. Yeah. I think one of the things that I would like to share with, there's a lot of people going through a lot of painful things and ours just happens to be like the topic of health. Don't ever give up hope. Um, Be realistic with where you're at and be okay with that. I think that's what helped me a lot is there was a time in the beginning where Charlie and I had this expectation of something that was so unrealistic. And so when we didn't get to be back where we were before, it was just such a heart-wrenching thing. But once we embraced and saw what God did do, we were able to find the joy and the hope for tomorrow and what he was doing through that. So Three years is a long time to fight and struggle. And I know that there's people out there that have had to fight and struggle way longer than that. But we didn't give up. Yeah. And we're still pushing through with... And I think that's just life. You're always going to have something that you're pushing through. It's true. So you might as well have fun while you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Win the day and have fun. Exactly. And so my word for this year, we have a word that we pick every year. And my word for this year is trust. And I was not happy about when God laid that on my heart because I wanted to have the word like health or exercise, you know, something that has to do with me. And when he laid on my heart, the word trust, I was like, I trust everyone. And then I just got punched in the stomach and realized that I do trust everyone, but a lot of times I don't trust him. And so, because I am a very controlling, like I like to control my environment. I try to make things happen all the time. 
And so this year I'm trusting him and I see now why he gave me that word. So the last two months I've had to just give a lot to him and say, okay, I trust you in this. How do you do that? Like (sighs) practically for those who are saying right now, I want to trust God, but man, I am struggling to actually trust him. How do you do it? I have a lot of interesting conversations with him. (laughs) Me too. I mean, flat out, just God, what are you thinking? Um, Do you think it's starting though with where you're at? Like, God, I'm struggling to trust you. Help me type of thing. I think what I do is I identify what I'm not trusting him with. Mm. If I, I have had some issues with anxiety over the last three years with everything that's happened. And when I start feeling anxious, that's when I know I'm not trusting him. And so I just do a lot of self-talk like, okay, this is a time when you need to trust God. God, I want, I'm going to trust you with this. And I've been having a lot of issues the last few months with sleeping through the night. And so I'll just pray. I trust you in this. I know you want me to have a good night's sleep and, you know, just things like that. The tools that I've learned from counseling is identifying where your weakness is, is the biggest challenge and then voicing it. Hmm. And when I voice it or write it down, that's when I feel like I've almost conquered it in itself. So Mm. we think about just even the biblical principle of confession, you know, just to confess our sins and troubles to each other and Mm -hmm. pray for each other and that there's so much Mm -hmm. healing in that. And I think a lot of that's like you're saying, just having the self-awareness to identify it and to be brave enough to dig it up and say, okay, here's the issue. And then that's the biggest hurdle really. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's been great for me is right now we live in Tulsa and my husband has to drive back and forth to Oklahoma city, not all the time, but probably once a week, which is a lot for him. Mm -hmm. Um, people think, Oh, it's just Oklahoma city. It takes a lot out of him to not only go to Oklahoma city, work all day, come home. You know, it's a lot. And then we have a daughter who started a college preparatory school this year. And that's been a lot on our plate. And so I know God called her there for a reason because we sure didn't have that on our plans ever. And so I just had to trust in him. Okay, you wanted Charlie to do this. Like you called him to this position. You know he's going to have to drive back and forth. You called Bethany to this school. We can't be two places at once. So I'm having to trust God with the two people that I'm used to doing everything for. And knowing that he loves them and cares about Mm -hmm. them way more than even you do. Yeah. So I've had to let go a lot this year and it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have a whole year for the word. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) And I trust the Lord with all my heart and I lean not on my own understanding. Mm -hmm. I say that a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't have to understand it. So every year we pick a word and last year my word was embrace and I think last year we went, we were at Dr. Howe's office four times. It was a strong year. And so I was really understood why God put the word embrace on my heart last year. Um, and the scripture I kind of leaned on this whole last year is um, Ecclesiastes 3, 2 through 8. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh. Gets me every time. A time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, 
a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And that scripture helped me so much because it's okay to be mad and it's okay to be glad. It's okay to want to dance and it's okay to mourn. I mean, I just love that because it balanced both sides for me. And so when I was really struggling with my heart, I knew that I needed to go through that feeling and that process. And sometimes we do both at the same time. Yeah. It's the most bizarre thing. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's very bizarre. Very grateful for it. But I think it's such a good reminder that there's a time and a season for everything and that whatever season someone's in right now, it's not going to last forever. Winter doesn't last forever. February, thank God, does not last forever. (laughs) The spring is coming. And just to embrace those seasons as they're here because there's Mm -hmm. there's gifts in every single one, even if they don't feel like it at the time. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of people listening, and I've had a lot of people ask me this question what could I have done for you? Now that Charlie and I have been through it and they've read his article or they like have learned more about us, we've had a lot of people say, we didn't do enough. And I'm like, really, the only thing you could have done for us during that time is pray. If you would have done anything for us, it would have actually exhausted us more. And so, so many people wanted to bring food over or help us with laundry or whatever. And it's so funny. Everybody's trial's different. And I'm not saying that those aren't wonderful things to do for people, but the situation we were in, I couldn't accept a lot of that help because I knew it would be too hard on Charlie. And so I just took but the you did and ex- I did it. But you did accept a lot of that help at the beginning, especially. We because we didn't know what that, it was going to last three years, <laughs> you know? So, but I think everybody's situation is so different. And one of the things that I can say that really touched us was a card. Mm. That's one thing I had after a year and a half in, I was just desperate. And so I asked a lot of family and friends, just write Charlie an encouraging card. And so if you don't know what to do for someone that you know is hurting or just send them a funny card or an, ins- I mean, it doesn't even have to be an emotional one. Yeah. Just knowing that you care yes. means a lot. Right. That's good knowing that someone cares and then also just giving grace to each other. We never know what someone else is going through. And so someone might be a little quieter than normal. Check on them. Someone might be, you might think, man, what's wrong with them? (laughs) Well, maybe they're going through a really hard time and you don't even know, you Mm -hmm. know? And so just grace is so huge. Yeah. I say that all the time. Like even if we're at a restaurant and a waiter or someone's being rude or whatever, I'm always like, I have no idea what they're going through. I have learned to have a lot of grace through this. Yeah. (laughs) So do you have any resources, books, podcasts, anything that kind of helped you through this time or anything just right now that you love and would recommend to other people? I think during the three years that I went through, honestly, I was just breathing. I just did the U version, did different devotionals, and that helped me through that time. Um, Some of the resources that I wanted to share were things that helped me get to where I am today um, as a follower of Christ and what gave me the strength to withstand those three years. One of them is how to have a new kid by Friday. Mm. When Bethany was seven years old, it changed my world. I read that book and I followed it pretty much verbatim and it changed our relationship forever. So I strongly recommend that if you have a child that 
I've always said, if you raise your voice or you give in to something that you said that you weren't going to let them do, or you take something away, they've won. Mm. And that book taught me how to fundamentally do that and succeed with mm. it. Sounds good. It is really good. Um, weird. Um, weird is the book by Pastor Craig Rochelle that Charlie and I read together, and then that's when we applied. <laughs> So that one changed us forever. Daring Greatly by Brene Brown helped me understand my insides. And she also has a TED Talk that rocked my world, and I'm forever grateful for that. And the book that I read before I gave it to Charlie that we give out to many, many fathers is Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. And it isn't just for dads. I mean, it really helped me process some things that happened to me in my childhood or that like I looked at wrong or, you know, just different circumstances in my life. And then I gave it to Charlie and said, if you don't read this, you don't love your kid. (laughs) And he's like, I think I better read it. And what was really pressure. I know no pressure, but what was really cool is he read it twice. And then he read it out loud with Bethany when she was 12. And if anybody's read the book, there's some tough stuff in there. So that was really good. And I love anything with personality profiling because I was raised a certain way and then I found out that isn't just who I am. And I have learned a lot about myself and things that I didn't even know that I loved. Mm. Not, you know, not necessarily because my childhood was wonderful. It's just you're different when you're an adult and then you realize, oh, there's all these things out here and I can be different, you know. So I love anything with personality profiling. It's mm-hmm. helped me a lot. Cool. So a few of the podcasts that I listen to is The Messy Table. I absolutely love it. I cry, laugh a lot with them. Um, TED Talks. I love the TED Talks. They, I have learned so much through those. And then I like listening to um, the leadership podcast from Pastor Craig. And I started listening to Elevations podcast with Pastor Stephen Furtick on a whim the other day. And I'm telling you what, I have God put that in my life for a reason because I've learned a lot through that lately. It's been really entertaining. Well, I know you could give us probably five final words of advice because you have so much wisdom (laughs) that you have learned, but what is one final thing that you just want all of us to know? I think it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. You have special qualities and gifts, and I've had to learn that because I had a really hard time seeing myself as special Mm. and that I had special Don't we all? Yeah. And you can't do everything. And so I knew God called me to be a wife and a mom first. And I have put aside a lot of things that I've wanted to do because of my calling. And everybody's calling is different. Right. It doesn't mean that what I'm doing is the only way. Mm-hmm. It's just a better way or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's what God called me to do. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned to embrace that instead of be ashamed of it or think that I could be doing something so much more and things like that. So I think any woman out there who is a working woman, a stay at home mom, uh, whatever you are, that's what God's calling you to do. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Right. We're all different. And in fact, it'd be so boring if we were the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do, just focus on that and not what you think it should look like. Mm -hmm. I think that's 
huge. We get in our mind what we think things should look like, and it's not necessarily what God's calling us to. Sometimes I try to figure it out for God instead of just embracing the mess of where I am and letting Him use me right where I am. So, yes. So, Tina, I love you. You're awesome. And you really are just such an inspiration and a gift to me as a friend and a woman of God, an awesome mom and wife and follower of Christ. So thank you for being in my life. I'm so glad that um, you eventually loved me later, even though I loved you first. (laughs) Thank you so much. I so appreciate you and your family. You are family, not friends. Well, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Whether it's on your drive to work, while waiting on a kid to finish practice, or maybe you're out for a run, it is truly an honor to share this imperfect space with you. And don't forget, check out the Messy Table Bible Plan on the YouVersion Bible app, and you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. You can also join my email list at ginjul.com and follow the Messy Table Podcast on Instagram. Lots of great options to stay caught up and encouraged. But most of all, as you go about your week, don't forget, your life might be messy, but God is constantly at work.